0: everyone welcome to another greetings everyone welcome to another episode of killing the church a conversation with Bradley and Seamus uh, where we discuss issues that we believe to be uh, hurting the church or killing the church causing division uh, divisive subjects that uh, have divided
1: uh, bodies yeah as well as talk about issues that will be very divisive yes Um, so today is going to be one of those.
0: Yeah, today, uh, today we'll be talking about some misconceptions uh, found in the text of scripture that entire theologies have been built around. Yeah, newer theologies, I might add, though.
1: Very new. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, starting early 19th century, uh, even yeah, like the 1920s, I believe is when the movement sort of begins. Um, new for the church, old in paganism.
0: Yeah, it is, it's, it's a practice that's been going on for a little while, yeah. Um, and it hasn't changed actually. The, uh, the practice of it and the, the function of it has always been the same. It just found its way in Christianity more recently. Uh, today, we are going to talk about the gift of tongues. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Shamelessly, I
1: might add. Absolutely. But
0: first, as part for the course. The tradition.
1: Yes today we have uh get the camera get your face out of it. there we go focus on this <laughs> <laughs> uh this is the Ladek, yes. i believe is how you say that um, yes i heard the owner pronounce it that way nice um with like very soft not, yeah not like a like <sighs> yeah. you know, not a just not a harsh <laughs> just a brook yeah you know, very very gently um a Scottish brewery, I believe he's a, a Jewish man, though. Yes. In Scotland. Um, it's one of the, uh, I, I think, I don't know if it's the oldest Jewish
0: uh, originated distillery, but it's one of them.
1: It, uh, I know Lodich, uh, the, the distillery itself has an interesting story. It, it at one point was a dead brewery and they sort of, it was reborn. Really interesting story. Uh, there's a documentary about it, actually. It's very good. Nice. Um, but this is the isla 2010 and this is the unpeated yes nice it's very light in color actually now that i'm looking at it yeah. apart from the bottle um yeah Isla. isla excuse me it's pronounced isla it's not Isle or islay it's isla um, according to the scottish and uh it is the unpeated single malt scotch whiskey Uh, this one was distilled in 2010 and bottled in 2017 aged six years in oak not bad yeah so this is going to be a good one um and also this one is way harsher it's actually 50 percent alcohol by volume instead instead of the normal 40. yeah yeah wow whoa yeah and even the smell of it's a little I forgot to keep my mouth open when I smelled it. It's I a little nearly harsher. passed out. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops.
0: <laughs> it's a little heavy. Yeah. It does get a little, I don't know, uh, almost, boy, I want to say tangier. That'll make you have put on, some hair on your chest. On the taste? Oh, yeah. It is tangy, though, that, yeah, that, yeah. That's a warm one going down for sure.
1: Oh yeah, no. Uh, here I am, like trying to pretend like I'm enjoying it. I'm like, oh yeah, this is
0: really good. <laughs> yeah, definitely one probably to mix with a little water. Whoa. Let's do it. Let's do
1: an, Ard, an bag uh, review
0: no. at some point. No.
1: Uh, if we're gonna do an bag, we need to talk about a subject you and I both hate. Okay. <laughs> Agreed. Sure. <laughs> um. <laughs> that way we can be bitter the entire yeah, way we'll through. Yeah, we'll just be suffering the entire subject. <laughs> oh, but so. Tongues. Yes. Controversy. Much. uh, (laughs) This looks like a job for me. There's a, (laughs) (laughs) there's a, there's
0: a few, there's a few ways people understand the gift of tongues. Obviously it exists in the Bible that can't be denied. Yeah. Um, but what
1: is tongues? (laughs) That's the question. It is not the babbling nonsense. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> How did you know? I'm gonna be the devil's advocate for this conversation. I okay. think. Okay. Okay. Uh, and um, not not to uh, defend. Um, I'm. I, I will come right out and say that. You know, personally, I don't subscribe to the babbling uh, nonsense um, type. Um, and if that if that phrase offends anybody listening, I don't care. <laughs> yeah. Um, because that's really what it is. Uh, Your the way you feel about it personally, you know how the spirit overcame you, and you don't really know how to explain it. That's fine, but it was still babbling nonsense. Yeah. Um, so that's that's gonna be. This one is gonna be a little offensive this this time around. Yeah, we're gonna step
0: um, on some toes here probably, yeah. uh, so, because, I mean, let's face it, it, there are there are certain. I don't I don't want to be. Uh, too. Broad sweeping with this, but there there is a certain type that is drawn to that practice, Yeah. and um, they tend to be the the sort I would think that would just naturally be offended by the question of it
1: anyway. The the less conservative uh, type, yes, um, so to speak. Not yes. not politically, but uh, religiously.
0: Yeah. So, uh, I probably the best place to start. Right on on this, this subject is going to be Acts, Acts two, chapter two, where we first see it. Come let's in. go there. i am um, tell you what. We'll go ahead and start in verse one. It really doesn't pick up until verse four, but let's let's gain some context on the situation at hand. Uh, when the day of Pentecost had arrived, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like that of a violent rushing wind came from heaven. And it filled the whole house where they were staying and tongues like flames of fire were divided, uh, that were divided, appeared to them and rested on each one of them. Then they that were filled with the Holy Spirit, uh, then, excuse me, then they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in different languages. The Spirit, uh, as the Spirit gave them the ability for speech.
1: Yeah. The, um, this is, uh, so this is actually the same translation. Um, it's a CSB, but it's a more up to date one. I think that one is, um, this is back when it was the HCS. Yeah, this is, so my translation is only slightly different. Uh, they have chosen to to keep the word as tongues and have a note at the bottom uh, that says languages instead. Um, so basically that's really the only difference. It's almost like they got backlash for translating in his languages. Yeah, well, the, the holman <laughs> they, they don't answer to anybody. The holman they are a self-publishing publisher. Uh, mm-hmm. So it's not like they have to go through Zondervan or something uh, to get the published um, translation approved. And that's why I like the Holman a lot, it's because they are independent. And so if they feel it needs to be rendered one way, then they, they probably, will just do that without asking permission.
0: Honestly, they probably changed it just to make that an actual different version from this. Uh, because even if you search Bible hub, the CSB and the HCSB are still options independent of one another.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so the updated one, I don't particularly like the newer one, and this is not the biggest reason. This is just a kind of an example, Um, but honestly, even if you left it as tongues, that doesn't change anything, um, whether or not it's languages or tongues, it it just changes the way you hear it as the reader. Yeah. Excuse me, the Hebrew Athletic is... Uh, yes. Coming back up. Tastes, tastes, tastes fine the second time around. <laughs> okay. Um, but, uh, so... For context, we should just go right into the next set of verses, I think. Yeah, so, you know, they're together in one room at Pentecost
0: and suddenly tongues of fire appear over each one of them. Yeah. They're filled with the Holy Spirit and they start to speak in tongues just yeah. use that word for now uh what happens next do you want to pick that up in your version sure why not
1: uh <clears throat> now there were jews staying in jerusalem devout people from every nation under heaven when this sound occurred a crowd came together and was confused because each one heard them speaking in his own language they were astonished and amazed saying look aren't all these who are speaking galileans how is it that each of us uh, can hear him in our own native language um Parthians, uh, Medes, Elamites, uh, those who live in Mesopotamia, in Judah, Judea, excuse me, and Cappadocia, Pontus, and Asia. Uh, it just starts naming a bunch of uh, yeah, yeah, Libya, e- uh, Egypt, yeah, Rome. Both Jews and converts in parentheses. So basically, people from everywhere. Which this is common for the holiday. Yeah. Um, it's one of the big three holidays you're required to show up so to the temple. Y- you'd be getting Jews in Jerusalem from dia- the diaspora. Right, you yeah. Know. So it didn't matter what language they spoke, uh, you would come to Jerusalem um, for this holiday. And uh, and they were astonished and perplexed, saying to one another, what does this mean? But some sneered and said, they are drunk on new wine. All right. New wine, and that's, that's just interesting that they called it new wine. How do you get drunk on new wine? How do you get? Do you, can you not get drunk on old wine? We're asking all the wrong questions here. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Different subject. Um, um, but so they start to speak in tongues, and everyone
0: around them from all over the world, where several other languages are being spoken in all of these other countries, um, are hearing them speak the
1: native languages of the countries that they've that come, they come from. from. And they themselves, natively, were Galilean speaking people and everybody here knew this
0: yeah and uh so the question there almost makes me think that maybe galileans weren't of the most educated class um otherwise Uh, why the why the question aren't they galileans why would they speak you know why would they be speaking
1: uh i would say not not it's not that they're not educated uh probably more along the lines of um well they live here basically uh so they're hebrew speakers more or less maybe aramaic maybe a little latin so they the just Asian. have no reason to speak yeah we got we got jews in this particular passage coming from everywhere so you know why would a galilean native ever need to learn spanish you know or yeah, greek or whatever you know places like asia libya egyptian um you know all of these different places that have different dialects and that's actually so in greek what's being used is the word dialect uh, which is interesting too so even if the language is the same they're speaking in the in the exact dialect of these particular regions also mm-hmm. um which is so that is to say that what these men are hearing are known languages yeah right that's where the old CSB leaves it as languages Um, the new one still, it's still languages. They have a footnote saying that it's languages. I just, I, they just rendered the actual, you know, as tongues for now, not entirely sure why not really up to me. I'm not on the board. Can't make that decision. Yeah. (laughs) But, um, but yeah, Yeah. these are, but that, that is important to note. The, The word glossolalia doesn't mean anything. It's not used. Yeah. Um, it's a combination of two words. Glossa and Lalea, which means both tongue and languages. Um, One is the tongue physically, and then the other one is like languages, like to speak a language. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, Which, you know, so all three are used in this passage. You have dialectos, glossa, and Lalea. Mm -hmm. All three used in this passage, uh, all meaning something a little different, uh, but pertaining to uh, speaking and language. Right. Um. So, uh, you know, how, how do you fit that in, in, into this passage then? How do, you, how do you extrapolate from this that they are speaking some unearthly language that doesn't actually exist and only God can understand um, outside of someone being given the gift of prophecy also by the Holy Spirit or uh, the gift of interpretation? I guess that would fall under prophecy. Well, it's funny
1: that you use that the phrase that only God would understand because here we have men from all over the nations understanding i get that (laughs) one of the common arguments that you hear
0: though is that the holy spirit was acting as a filter in this scenario in other words the apostles are speaking gibberish (laughs) call it what it is and Uh, Babbling. Yeah, they were babbling, and the Holy Spirit filtered those babbled words through so that these men around them heard them in their own language. So they were speaking one thing, and the men were hearing another.
1: That's the only other uh, argument that would make sense according to the words. The trouble I find with that,
0: though, is that the Holy Spirit at this point was only active in the ones who were speaking. Yeah. Okay, so for for those listening to be interpreting those words would they not also have necessitated the holy spirit being active in them
1: i, I don't i don't believe we see uh, the, the people listening receiving the holy spirit in the same manner the tongues of fire it's it uh, no, seems to be just the locals
0: yeah the the apostles at this yeah. point and that's why uh, to me this the fact that the nations that these men have come from are are clearly listed kind of is a strong indication that um, the gift of tongues, as per this passage, is the sudden miraculous ability to speak another language Mm -hmm. that you have not been trained in. Um, And there are stories of that. I I heard a story once, which, uh, you know, for what it's worth, you can't source it, but uh, i did hear a story once about a, a young woman who woke up one day suddenly able to speak uh, chinese fluently well one of one of the dialects of chinese i know there are several um and and she went on to be a missionary from there but uh you know so that that i, I could definitely see that being the the gift of tongues because that's the purpose of it anyway so contextually speaking this is the point uh, the book of acts particularly this is the point where the gospel started to leave israel and go out all over the world so it would it would stand to reason that the people that were commissioned to go all over the world and teach would need to be able to communicate with the people of the lands that right they were going to so yes an act of the holy spirit
1: to give them that ability to speak those languages would be necessary uh interestingly enough um to, to to that point kind of uh I'm going to kind of go in a little bit of a different direction now. Uh, this is um, but I, you know, I will say, for the sake of brevity, it's they're speaking different languages. Um, the, the the plain meaning of the text just seems to read that way, that they're just speaking um, a different dialect of a different language that they have never learned before formally, and they're doing it no problem. Um, and, um, and that's a, a miracle in and of itself, something to be... Looked at uh, to to gain the attention of, but this specifically reminds me of uh, Mishnaic um, the passages about the first time Shavuot happened. So this is the the, the holiday of Shavuot, okay, the first Pentecost. Yeah, um, we read about it in in uh, Exodus. You know, uh, the, the the mountain enveloped in smoke, right? and God speaks the the Ten Commandments to the people, and it's this great and awe-inspiring thing. Um, What's not in the scripture is actually written in the Mishnah, and it reflects almost word for word what's going on here in Acts chapter two. Um, it says in the Mishnah that when, you know, when God spoke, um, the spirit came out from the mountain and divided itself amongst the people as tongues of fire so that each one that was present could hear the commandments in his own language. So, uh, because there was a mixed multitude that there, left yeah, Egypt, it was just Israel. Israelites, right?
0: So there's, you know, lots of people from other languages. So we're
1: seeing a parallel, a parallel here, and God works in patterns. And this, this is a story that the Jews would have been familiar with, um, because it's Mishnaic, and they considered the Mishnah to be uh, divinely inspired uh, just as much as the Written Torah. Um, for the most part, they would have they would have considered it to be one and the same, um, and so. Uh, them being familiar with the story and they are here at pentecost celebrating the time that that happened Mm. at mount sinai and here it is again happening the exact same way but at the temple and for the original apostles and and the the followers so would you say almost also just in addition to that that this is in a
0: way a reversal of the division of the languages at the tower of babel sure actually i never really put that together like that. yeah for the you know Obviously, the Tower of Babel, the languages were confused uh, right. between the people so that they could not work together towards a common goal. But now the common goal being to spread the word of God throughout the world.
1: Interesting. Uh, you know, it's almost like he's reversing the process. They never really put that together until, like, just now really? <laughs> when you said that. Um, the reversal of the Babel story. Yeah, it's... Um, funny enough, you say Babel, actually. The, the The word Babel comes from just speaking, you know, bad, 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 you know, b- to Babylon, um, <laughs> uh, and, um, didn't know you had access to the Holy Spirit like that. Sorry. Whoa. Yeah. Let me, calm down. I'm <laughs> bad. Yeah. You're bad. <laughs> um, but, uh, it's also, uh, you know, it, it was considered a Babylonian practice. Uh, okay. To. To, to babble like that. Well, of course, uh, that's
0: where we get the word babble from. Yeah, because it's to directly speak the nonsense.
1: Yes, because the Babylonian priests uh, would do that to inquire of their gods and to 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 invoke the spirit of their gods to do things, and so they would babble that's uh, quite it. literally. I think we see examples of that actually in the Old Testament, don't we? We do. The the only place in Scripture where tongues kind of comes up again, in the way that the. going to go ahead and say it the Pentecostal movement would would recognize it It is exactly one time and that's in first Kings chapter 18 verse 29 yeah
0: that's where Elijah is uh, having the uh, the duel there the uh, spiritual duel as to who can who can conjure the greater power of greater God
1: yeah the two altars put up two of them and uh, so they sit there and they start uh, dancing and doing their thing, and then it and says- Cutting like, themselves. Yeah, and at, at some point it says, and they continued to prophesy, and, and um, the Hebrew that's being used there, um, it doesn't say it in the English, um, but mishinaically, uh, midrashically, um, they extrapolate from the words that are being used to mean that they were speaking, You know, they were babbling, um, that they weren't saying anything specific. They weren't like prophesying simple Words and prophecies, or even vaguities, they were like just babbling um, all together, all at the same time. So it was a bunch of nonsense, just crying out, going nuts, dancing, cutting themselves, you know, just trying to really feel the spirit, man. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And then eventually, uh, you know, uh, he, he starts to mock their gods and says well, he must be using the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he Which, was he was a savage that whole deal. <laughs> a lot of the prophets were were very human and. Uh, some of them were very clever uh, and usually clever people, are funny.
0: <laughs> so that would be an example though, where we, where we see what currently happens in, in Sunday churches, um, but in the context of pagan worship, right. not, not worship that is attributed to the yeah. God of Abraham.
1: So God never contradicts himself and he doesn't change. And so if tongues in the way that they know it were to ever be a thing, um, then we would see some sort of precedence set for it already in the Bible uh, Yeah, that to me that's what makes sense. Yeah, uh, so I mean, we would probably we, you would have seen it happen in the Old Testament at some point Yeah, and even missionaically, um, With the tongue situation at Mount Sinai it was still that every person heard it in their own language So that they could hear the you know, the commandments and agree to them and um, and so that's still not not the same thing at all. The bab- the babbling um, is a pagan origin practice.
0: Mm. But so so then, because we see this happen in all through the New Testament, all through the Book of Acts. You know, there's there's a couple of other examples. Acts ten. You know, when uh, Peter goes to visit again. Cornelius, it happens again. They're yep. they're filled with the Holy Spirit and begin to speak in tongues. And uh, this is this is referenced in Acts fifteen. Uh, when Peter is, is saying, you know, look, they, they received the Holy Spirit just as we have. So Peter Peter is equating what happened to Cornelius to what's happening here in Acts 2. Mm-hmm. So I think that's one that's easy to dispel because, okay, well, if we've already established that in Acts 2, they're speaking actual known human languages. Yeah. Um, if it were different, he would have said something. He would have said it was different, but he said it was the same. So we're we're talking
1: about the same thing here. Um, and also think about the context in Acts 10 Peter and his vision Uh, in this vision he's basically being told that Gentiles are not unclean just because they're Gentiles yes and so it was sort of God's way of proving to him that they are equals with you now Mm -hmm. you know in salvation in, uh, in a manner of speaking with salvation and that proof is well, you know god makes the exact same thing that happened to him happen mm-hmm. to the gentiles and what better way to prove to peter that his vision means that gentiles can be saved than to do you know to treat them like equals yeah, so, it, it, that's yeah, yeah that's
0: really that's exactly what happens is you know cornelius got the same measure of the spirit that peter got yeah. at pentecost
1: yep. and cornelius was uncircumcised yeah
0: which is so that's uh, that's that's a that's a really uh, A really fine way of really equating the two but so be that as it may you know that that we can equate to Acts chapter 2 but uh, one of the next ones that I do hear uh, pretty often uh, because because of the language used and almost the mystical nature of of the language used um, and the contrast made is gonna be uh, 1st Corinthians 13 yep and 14 yeah so that's where where <clears throat> paul uh directly contrasts you know he says whether i'm speaking the tongues of angels or, or the tongues of men yeah um so there's a there's a reference there to you know tongues of men and then what would be what would be considered a holy tongue mm-hmm. as it were a, a heavenly tongue and that's the one where a lot of them will, will say well that's you know that's the nail in the coffin clearly there's there's a heavenly language that is not a human language, because Paul distinguishes those two. Right. Um, so, I
1: mean, what would what would you say to that? Now I'm playing devil's advocate. Now you're playing it. All right. Cool. Um, this is a lovely change. I'm gonna do what you did and go right back to the Tanya. <laughs> 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 um, That's to honestly, to say, um, uh, the the Jewish people thought of the Hebrew language as being the holy tongue, or the tongues of angels. Um, to them, it was the language of creation. Mm-hmm. Um, even scholars will debate endlessly on whether or not Hebrew or Aramaic was the common language of the time, at uh, this particular time and place. And the reason for that is we see a lot of evidence for Hebrew and Aramaic, especially in the Qumran cave discoveries. Many of them were written, I think 80% of them were written in Hebrew, and 20% of them were written in Aramaic. Um, and so, you know, did they speak Aramaic mostly, or did the Qumran caves reflect more accurately that they spoke Hebrew more often? Um, but I would say that they wrote Hebrew down more often and spoke Aramaic probably more commonly, uh, because the thought process at the time is it's a holy language, so you can't say things in a holy language like, go take out the garbage. Yeah. Um, so they didn't want to bring that language down to the level of common, commonality, and so... Um, it would have been common for a Jew to refer to the Hebrew language as, as the angelic language because they believed that that was the language of creation, that when God spoke light into existence, he said, he uh, nay or, mm-hmm. um, or vayah he or, excuse me, vayah he or, let there be light, and then behold, there was light, he nay or. Um, and so because of that, it, that is the language of creation. That's the, an- the language of the angels. You know, They praise him, holy, 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 uh, you know, every day. Yeah. They would be speaking Hebrew. So in Paul's mind, and, and Tanya reflects that. I don't remember the specific uh, book, chapter, verse. But chapter one, Shaar uh, HaYichud
0: VeHaEmuna. Very well. Long title. Yeah. Um, that in in that I, I know very specifically in that chapter. Um, <laughs> I know. It the, it's referenced as the holy tongue yeah. twice. Uh, whereas uh, the tongues of angels would be the Talmudic tractate Chagiga 16b right. i believe and that's that's in reference to i, I think the example given is in job uh, where the mm-hmm. angels are mentioned as having speaking he, speaking hebrew right. so you know you've got you've got there where it says the angels spoke hebrew so hence the tongues yeah. of angels um, so okay i, I think that's a, i think that's a good
1: that's no, a good explanation of it you even know? to that point uh paul goes on at one point he even says something like i'm glad that i speak more tongues than any of you um so what does, does that he mean he's doing that? it more or does yeah, it mean that no. his his ability is more diverse well he's a he's a properly trained classical pharisee um so he would have been able to speak hebrew biblical hebrew specifically better than anybody hmm and it, it's common, uh, you see it in, actually, you know what? You see this in messianic community churches, uh, synagogues, whatever you wanna call them, uh, congregations, where they will pray pretty exclusively in Hebrew because it's the language of the angels. And so mm-hmm. they wanna be, you know, they wanna pray in Hebrew because they feel closer to God like that. And that's fine. Um, but I feel like when Paul is talking about, uh, in Corinthians 14, is he's dealing with that issue. You know, these people are not Hebrew speakers, and many of them probably want to speak Hebrew, to pray in Hebrew. Mm-hmm. I and mean, he said, you know, he's talking about praying in, 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 in Corinthians 14. And um, but if, if someone's praying in Hebrew and a newcomer shows up and doesn't know a single word of Hebrew, how can he say amen to that prayer if he has yeah, no idea what you're saying? You can't join in the prayer at that point. Right. And so Paul makes a case for don't do that. You know, you, you're not natural Hebrew speakers. Your spirit can pray in Hebrew, and that's fine. Like you can, you can pray silently to yourself in Hebrew because you know what you're saying. And he uses that. It, that's it, basically quoting the entire passage here. Uh, but when you're praying out loud in a, in a in a land that doesn't speak Hebrew normally, why why would you do so in a language no one else can understand?
0: Yeah. Why would you alienate the crowd? Yeah.
1: Yeah. So the context of the Corinthians is is that exactly? They were trying too hard to you know, do things that would make outsiders kind of just go, uh, you know, not, not really for me, man. Um, thanks, but no thanks. And what have you done? You've damned another soul. Yeah, So yeah, you've,
0: you've driven them farther away than yeah. rather than bring them in, which, you know, coincidentally, uh, <laughs> that's the same story that you hear from a lot of people who have had experience with uh, the, oh, yeah. the Pentecostal Holiness Church. My and, personal experience. Yeah, you know, it's, it's one of those where it's like, look, I went in, I saw some really freaky stuff, and decided this religion might not be for me. <laughs> yeah, no. and I was a,
1: I was actually a pretty new believer, um, and I remember going into my first Pentecostal church, and um, I was solid enough in my foundation at this point um, that I was, I was confident, um, but I had never heard of Pentecostalism before. This was going to be a first for me, and once again, I've read the Bible front to back. And I wasn't raised in a church so I was not familiar with the idea of tongues being this babbling thing right so this was I was not ready for this going into this church (laughs) uh so a friend invites us and we we go and we're like all right cool and uh and then and then it starts to happen and I was freaking out man because everyone was just losing their minds around me and it, it sounded demonic to me it was just it was crazy I was I was like what is going on like I was terrified um, just sitting there like, uh, okay, what's happening? And, <laughs> and I remember thinking to myself, I am so glad that I am educated well enough in my foundation to know that this is not Christianity. Like this is not the correct way. And so I can, I can leave here without being shaken. But if I were anybody else, or if I had showed up sooner, I'd have yeah. been like, absolutely not. You, y'all Christians are, are crazy i'm going back to being an atheist <laughs> yeah, right uh, yeah think about that but what if you had
0: experienced that while still yeah. an atheist yeah uh, i yeah it would have been no hope for me because
1: <laughs> my my original goal was to you know uh, when i was uh, more or less an atheist or agnostic was to combat christians because I hated them specifically you know they were goody two-shoe know-it-all always so blessed and oh yeah yeah uh, I just I hated it I hated it and so I actually read the Bible with the sole intent of, of basically doing what Paul did kind of like, like C.S. Lewis huh yeah uh <laughs> more like what Paul you know like he was just doing the whole persecution thing not not specifically to persecute on purpose but like you know so if, if I remember in a conversation with one I can shoot them down yeah you have something to contribute yeah show them the error of their ways and they're like yeah you're an idiot you don't even know what this thing says you've never really read the thing and so i throw the book at him so to speak yeah
0: Um, i (laughs) i uh,
1: i've had a similar experience you know fortune fortune has seen that i've never
0: actually been in in a church full of people who were doing that um but i've I've, obviously i've encountered individuals that i've seen uh, do that so it, it's a little different when you see one person doing it versus an entire room doing it I think the whole it's, room is it's still weird but um, the closest uh, that I've come to experiencing that is I think just a, a slight step up um, which it, fortune had it that they didn't do that this time while I was visiting huh. um, I know for a fact this church does practice uh, the, the speaking in tongues um, but the pastor said, "Okay, let's pray." You know, he was uh, going to be beginning the service, and then they did it again when he ended the service. Um, so he started praying in English, mm-hmm. um, and then the entire room started praying in English as well. And everybody was saying something different, so I could I could pick up you know four okay, or five different prayers going on, um, mm-hmm. which is that's another thing that Paul says not to do. Yeah, don't talk over each other. It, one at a time, mm-hmm. you know. But even and, and even 14. that had a really, really eerie feel to it. Yeah, I, I could understand them, but it's just like this is. Why are you doing this? This is weird. Yeah. This shouldn't be
1: happening. And it is interesting to note that there are parameters that Paul puts on the gift of tongues. Um, and so even if we were to accept the idea of it being babbling, in Corinthians fourteen there has to be somebody who can interpret, right? And otherwise, only, w- what's the point? Yeah, and one person at a time. Like there' um, yeah uh, and then of course he's like, yeah, but you know I would rather speak five words with my understanding in order to teach others than 10,000 words in another language. Um, but yeah th- with the parameters that are there, that's not what they're practicing even if it were the the babbling you know I could see maybe if there was the babbling person like he stands up and he just starts going away and then somebody else in the church stands up and he goes, I know what he's saying and he interprets for that person. Mm-hmm. so that everyone else can hear that that I could probably see being a thing. And the Holy Spirit may appoint that as well. Cuz yeah. that is another one of the spiritual gifts. Right. But for it to be happening all at once like that and no one's understanding except for yourself, that's that's not for any sort of edification in any way. So, yeah, yeah. Paul was very much against against that. Once again, uh, flaunting his Jewishness. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which he does a lot. <laughs> yeah. Paul. He always humble brags I've noticed. Yeah, there's a lot of humble <laughs> brag. There's a lot of, sort of <laughs> <laughs> I count it as nothing, but if I did count it as something, just to let you know, I'm way more Jewish. Yeah. Know? I count it as nothing, but I speak way more tongues <laughs> than the rest of you. <laughs> the most Jewish <laughs> Jew that ever Jewed, just saying, but like that doesn't matter. I'm yeah. just saying. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just I'm just saying, you know? It doesn't but 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 I'm you know, just saying. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like a humble brag. But um,
0: uh, no, so I I think we can establish here then um which you and i again we began this with the understanding um uh, what's practiced today is is not biblical yeah um, and it's just interesting because like i said this is this is an entire uh denomination built around um, this idea. built around
1: and it only happens a couple of times
0: a misunderstanding mm-hmm. and it, so we say it's caused division in the church this actually caused. The A, split an actual, of an yeah. actual denomination. It didn't used to be the Pentecostal Holiness Church. It used to be the Pentecostal Holiness Church of the Nazarene. And then this issue <laughs> became an issue, and the Nazarenes were like, yeah, we're definitely not cool with that. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. It uh, And once again, it's because it has its origins in pagan practice uh, more often than not. And the one time we do see it in the Bible similarly is pagans doing it. Mm-hmm um and the context of the scripture itself it's it's uh it's either you're speaking in hebrew and you're trying to pray in hebrew like in corinthians Mm -hmm. or at mount sinai it is a replay of the original excuse me at the temple in max 2. it is a replay of mount sinai in order to prove to the people that this is god acting Mm because god always acts in a pattern that's how you know it's him yeah so he puts a stamp of approval on it by doing something that he's basically already done before You know tongues of fire if if that's in the mishnah then you know they would have been familiar with that and it's like wow you know this is god working
0: and i i think something to to that point to to the idea of you know the holy tongue tongues of angels being hebrew Mm -hmm. um and what we've established paul said you know don't don't do it if nobody can understand it or if even if there's just one person that can't understand it it's it's just not worth doing at that point um we we still see that a lot, actually, even in the the uh, the emerging Torah observant movement.
1: Yeah, like um, I said earlier,
0: there there are there are believers, there there are entire congregations that will pray in in Hebrew, and that's cool, man. That's yeah. that's good, um, but you know, you're
1: not really accomplishing anything
0: for newcomers, at the very least. Uh, translate the prayer afterwards because a lot of so a lot of the ceremony particularly with with respect to uh the sabbath you know you you bless the bread and the wine right so that's fine do it in hebrew it's a short prayer and it's short enough to translate yeah so you you say it real quick in hebrew translate it real quick in english and that's fine but if you just leave it blatantly in hebrew because you know it makes you feel more holy Uh, if if somebody who's present there doesn't understand what you're saying can't
1: say amen to it yeah, it's fallen on deaf ears yeah and uh you know even when I usually do the the Sabbath day service usually I'll say ahead of time to newer people I'm going to say in Hebrew first the words that our Messiah would have spoken mm-hmm. just so they have a context of what it would have sounded like at like the Passover Seder and so yeah. I'll say like all right so when Jesus used to bless the wine here's what he would have said here's are his words and then I would say it, and I would say, and that means, and then I would translate it. So not only am I interpreting, but I'm also interpreting the context for them. And that would be the proper way to do it. Yeah. And, and until they get an idea of that, then you can just say the Hebrew, and they yeah. understand it.
0: But because then it's actually a teaching moment. You've you've done double good there, actually. Yeah. Because first of all, you have you've taught them a lesson, and now you've taught them how to pray in Hebrew. So
1: now they can. Or at the very least, bless something in Hebrew. Yeah.
0: yeah. So so now they can at least say one blessing. Hebrew. And, and, you know, that is good. That's absolutely good. Um, it's definitely good to be able to, uh, speak the Holy tongue at least a little bit.
1: Yeah. Um, Yeah. It's just, it's neat. You know, um, it's something you don't really think about until somebody says it. And it's like, you know, uh, if you were to bless uh, wine the same way that Jesus blessed it, would you would you want to do that? It's like, oh, yeah, actually, that'd be kind of cool, like to use those same words. hmm There's a couple of different renditions. There's Baruch hu or there's Baruch the I There's actually two different ways of whether or not um, they had used the second one I said, which means blessed are you, Lord, our God. Um, uh, sometimes they just you wouldn't say blessed is he.
0: Okay, so that would be the Baruch Hu yeah paruchal, okay
1: blessed is he uh and um so that was common to use back then as well so something it depends but uh i always usually do do both but but yeah all that to say there has to be somebody that can interpret yes and even if it's yourself <laughs> doing it for other people otherwise the babbling nonsense is just you practicing paganry
0: yeah yeah and i'm I, just gonna come right out and say that and when you <laughs> when you describe it in in terms of being overtaken by a spirit with absolutely no control it's like well the precedence we see from God is that he never forces himself on anybody right you know there's there are spirits that do that we we typically see Paul and 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 Yeshua uh, casting them out but there are spirits that will force <laughs> themselves on people and uh, so when, when you describe yourself having the spirit forced on you, you're supposed to let it move through. You're supposed yeah. to
1: allow, you know, you, you, you bend your will to it rather than you having know, your your
0: will overridden yeah, so, by it. Um, yeah. So it, it is more
1: of a guide. It's a weird weird middle ground when it comes to the Holy Spirit thing, but yeah, God doesn't force himself on anybody. Yeah,
0: it kinda you know when you make the Holy Spirit sound more more demonic in function, then Which once again we don't see any precedence <laughs> for that
1: in the New Testament at all. So yeah. it's you know,
0: it's uh, it, it's it's definitely not something that churches did until
1: the, the late twenties. Yeah, or the early yeah the early twenties more or less is when the Pentecostal movement kind of was born the way that we know it. Yeah, um, a lot of the modern day um, doctrines of Christianity are actually fairly new.
0: A lot of the well, and it's not just Pentecostals. It's a lot of the the newer. Uh, they call themselves non-denominational. Yeah, it's a, it's a newer thing. Yeah. For me, charismatic is 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 a denomination. When you call yourself non-denominational, I'm I'm instantly like, okay, you're a charismatic. Like, <laughs> that's because, one way to say it. But. You know? Yeah. I mean, because that's 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 basically you're you're a Pentecostal that is a little a little more okay or a lot more okay with you know casual or uh, you know street dress and yeah you know
1: less conservative
0: religiously speaking yeah because I mean let's face it Pentecostals are, are definitely more conservative in the way they dress at the very least um, but uh, yeah it's not a biblical practice at least not one well, not one there's it's any a biblical practice for. but it's looked down on <laughs>
1: Yeah.
0: yeah. Um, So I I think that's a good place to call it here. Yeah, yeah. We uh, we made our point.
1: A short summary, I guess, is, uh, you know, Acts 2 is a reflection of the Mishnah version of Mount Sinai. So it's God revealing his pattern. Acts 10 is God revealing that this also applies to Gentiles as proof to Peter. Um, And then... uh, when paul is talking about it he's talking more specifically about praying in another language in a synagogue with a bunch of gentiles who don't speak that language
0: and at times specifically referencing the hebrew language yeah
1: yeah and so um but other than that um i'm gonna say i got nothing in, else <laughs> in the
0: spirit of uh speaking the holy tongue lift our spirits
1: <laughs> L'chaim. L'chaim. <laughs> <laughs> to life L'chaim.